Welcome to a classic, bombastic, fresh out the plastic, forecasted with stochastics, recording this in my parents' attic episode of the Reclassical Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Young. And today, this is a very special year-end episode. It's one of my favorites to do every single year. It's the end of the list week. It is our favorite albums of 2023. I appreciate you all checking this pod out. Uh, if you wanted to check out some of my favorite songs of the year, that's another great way to uh, add a much different lens to to check out uh, the quality of the year. Um, I, I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, but albums, those things that you play front to back, CDs as as they used to be called, LPs as they were called before that, and it's. For a lot of people, for a lot of traditionalists, it's a great way to kind of measure who won the year, who, what were the best projects of the year, uh, who were the artists that ruled 2023. Was it Olivia Rodrigo? Was it Lana Del Rey? The world may never know. But but this year, um, to be quite honest, this year's crop of albums did not wow me. It honestly was, in my opinion, it was somewhat of a down year. I found that uh, some of the biggest releases that maybe you're anticipating um, from artists that we haven't heard in a million years, they they didn't really reach the hype that I, I think a lot of people thought they would. Um, I'll start with Travis Scott, Travis Scott Utopia. Um, I I think Travis Scott's Utopia is, is a very fine project. I, I thought it was well done. It had this really interesting album experience. It was very much a, a spectacle album. Um, had some fun songs like I Know on it. And just listening to it, I felt like it, it really made me uh, nostalgic and, and reminisce. And instead of listening to Utopia, I, I went back to... Travis Scott's original classic, which is Rodeo. Uh, side note, if, if you want to hear an album review of Rodeo, it's one of our first episodes on this podcast feed. Uh, also, like Lil Uzi Vert, I'm not the biggest Lil Uzi Vert fan in the world, but he had been somewhat silent for a couple years. He came out with a big uh, new release called The Pink Tape, and it was the worst album that I heard this year. It one of my it did have one of my favorite songs, uh, "Suicide Doors," which was which made my song of the year list. But it was a whole lot of mess, uh, to to say the very least. Um, no name, no name. Uh, if if you've listened to this pod, I no name's telephone is is one of my favorite albums ever. One of my like two to three favorite rap albums ever. And she was back after what five years, five year hiatus, and um, but her album, while it was pretty good, while I, I thought it was like uh, gorgeous, it was beautiful in a lot of points, it was also kind of weird, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think it matched her her previous work, and and she also had some, in my opinion, whack statements. Uh, I I do talk about this album a little bit more on. Uh, my separating art from artists episode if, if you want more thoughts on it but but yeah like we had a lot of great artists drop music and drop sequels to uh previous works and it was much anticipated but i don't know it, it didn't really i i don't think it added too much to their quote-unquote legacies if you will it definitely wasn't why i was listening to a ton um in, in fact a lot of my listening was somewhat nostalgia based uh, earlier in the year me and mario were thinking of doing a, a j cole episode a, a j cole worst to best um and, and so we were running through their albums and i was getting the nostalgia of remembering my uh middle school love for j cole and how i thought he was gonna be the the greatest that ever was and and that was fun but and so that consumed some of my my listening um, I also went on this album classics tour with, with Mario and we would each week we would pick a, a classic album like a tribe called quest like uh, Dr. Dre's the chronic um, and 
that consumed a lot of my my quote-unquote new album listening listening to albums from the 90s that i never really got into uh, in fact I'll, I'll play a clip of my favorite album that i listened to from that era uh, which is mob deep's uh 1995 classic the infamous let's play a clip you know what i'm saying i want to say what's up to my man louis no he's still here Jot this one for you, you know. For those that don't, you know. 41st yeah. I keep real back still like my man YG. When the fool try to play me with a up, then I'm swayzy. You must be crazy, kid, man. I never did. Forever wild in this how we live up in the bridge. Just this gig. And as you can hear, it's it's very ominous. It's very, uh, I, I like to think of it as a, a very like Alice in Wonderland situation. Like you're looking at a, a trippy uh, rabbit hole and you know you probably shouldn't go there, but it is just oddly inviting. And that's the vibe for a lot of the infamous. I, I, it's very moody. It's very cool. Um, and honestly, it, it's, a fantastic record. I, I would give it like a, a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten. If you are a, a true blue hip hop fan, uh, you should check it out because this album has aged incredibly well, and it, it, I, I think it's one of the best rap albums that every rap fan should listen to at, at some point. And why I'm, I'm getting at by bringing up the infamous is, is I'll, I'll lay out what this podcast is going to be. So um, I'm going to talk about the albums that. I was interested in this year, the albums I, I listened to. So I'm going to play a couple more clips from other artists and, and albums that I got into that didn't necessarily come out in 2023 uh, because I, I think that's a little bit more representative of what my 2023 was like. Um, so I'll, I'll do a bit of that, but then uh, I did like some albums in 2023. So I have a list of four albums that I, I will go through. And so we'll we'll play some clips there once we reach uh, that point of the podcast. And one of those albums wasn't actually a, a rap album, and this is going in a little bit of a, a different direction. But my my number two band that I listened to this year was actually Radiohead, and um, the reason I listened to it and, and the album I listened to most was OK Computer, uh, their nineteen ninety seven classic. Um, and the reason I, I got into them was almost happenstance. I, I don't know if you ever heard of the the TV show The Bear. Um, it's about this cook in Chicago, but it's it's a lot more than that. And in the emotional season finale, they they have a clip where they play "Let Down" by Radiohead, and and we'll we'll play that clip right here. And that clip and, and that song comes at a really emotional point in the show. And while that song doesn't really sound like much, it, it took me a couple times before I, I really got into this track. Um, it, is, it is a very much a, a cry in the car kind of deal. And I, I think it's Radiohead's best song. So I, I encourage you to check it out. Um, it has a very like Friday Night Lights element of like, we all screwed up, but it's going to be okay. This is, this is how life is. So a very Friday Night Lights-ass song, uh, Let Down by Radiohead. But uh, while I don't, while I think some of the, the tracks of OK Computer are kind of boring, um, it's just classic song after classic song after classic song. So uh, Radiohead, I, I didn't really expect them to be top of my Spotify wrapped, um, but OK Computer, great album. Another great Radiohead album that I'll point out is uh, In Rainbows 
by by Radiohead. Um, if you are into this album, I, I recommend you check out the Dissect podcast about uh, In Rainbows as they go super in-depth onto each track, and it's really fascinating. Um, but the way I would describe this album, which is, is a bit different, is it's a bit more watery. It's a bit more blissful. Um, there is a lot more vocal experimentation from Tom York. And I, I think one of the best examples of that is on the song Reckoner uh, on In Rainbows. Because we say Just very blissful, very angelic, uh, and that's that's why I like it. But switching gears, going the exact opposite direction, uh, we have My Chemical Romance. Uh, I never got to have a teenage emo uh, phase in, in 2008. In fact, I'll, I'll tell a story. One uh, In seventh grade, I was in a keyboarding class. And the girl next to me was, um, she was a really fast typer. Uh, she was also really into bands like the White Stripes, bands like My Chemical Romance. Just really a, a frequent shopper at Hot Topic. And in keyboarding class, we were in a bit of a, a competition to see who could get the most words per minute. And I was hovering around like the 30 plus, 40 plus words per minute if I, I was really going hard. And she was just consistently 55, and I don't know if it was the fingerless gloves or, or what, but she was definitely a little bit more of the, the demographic that would check out someone like My Chemical Romance. And I never got that phase, but they My Chemical Romance is awesome. They they uh, A lot of high energy. Gerard Way is this uh, very vibrant, very um, charismatic frontman who has all incredible pipes. If if you ever try to do Welcome to the Black Parade and Karaoke Night or another My Chemical Romance song on Karaoke Night, good luck because those songs are difficult and he is such a, a dynamic singer to be able to pull those off. So the album I, I actually got into from them was Three Cheers from Sweet Revenge. Uh, so I recommend checking out the the starter song Helena to get a vibe of if you'd like it, but it's really high energy, really fun. Um, I also liked certain songs off off the Black Parade, and this isn't really their trademark high energy angsty sound, but but one of my favorite songs from them was Cancer, which is a, a bit more of the ballad and one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. Let's play a clip. So You could get me a drink of water Cause my lips are chapped and faded Call my Aunt Marie Help her gather all my things And bury me in all my favorite colors My sisters and my brothers still I will not kiss you Just incredibly sad, incredibly touching, and a virtuoso performance from Gerard. And lyrically, some of the most devastating lyrics I've, I've ever heard. It's about a cancer patient just on his real last leg and, and not exactly living it per se. So um, if, you're, if you're down for that, I, I recommend checking them out. It's, it can be pretty depressing. But yeah, those were the main classics that really stuck with me. Uh, one point that I forgot to say earlier in, in the pod is that one really cool thing when you listen to a classic album is that you have the perspective of of listening to it 30 years later. Um, and, and what that mean, what I mean by that is that you can tell 
uh, these old classic albums, they, they may sound familiar to you in, in bits and pieces. They might sound like a band you like. Um, they might sound, you might recognize a sample from, from one of these songs. And what's really cool about that is you can really kind of reverse engineer the influence. Uh, so I was really into Coldplay as a kid. I, I really enjoyed the the album Parachutes. In fact, I have a whole episode uh, on the album Parachutes. And I realized after the fact that it was heavily influenced by OK Computer. A lot of the sounds of Coldplay were heavily influenced by Radiohead. I'll also hear just random uh, snippets from the infamous or other classic rap albums like Public Enemies, It Takes a Nation to Hold Us Back. And you're like, oh, I remember that little snippet. And, and it's really cool. Um, another really cool thing is that you get to hear a lot of your favorite artists in the primes of their career. So when we were listening to 2001, there were a couple Eminem verses on that album that I had never heard before. And it's like, oh, look, it's prime Eminem. Not doing dad jokes, but it's, it's prime Eminem at, at the peak of his powers. Uh, likewise, on the infamous, there's a, a Nas feature uh, from 1995. And it's, it's like, whoa, like peak Nas, perhaps the greatest rapper of all time at the height of his powers. Here's, here's a verse from him just randomly appearing because I, I didn't see it coming. So I know it's not easy to try new albums or, or listen to oldie albums. Some of them have not aged that particularly well, like Dr. Dre's 2001 has not aged particularly well, uh, but some of them have. And, and so I, I recommend you check them out just for the exercise of uh, understanding another puzzle piece in music history. And so, and that's the reason I listened to a lot of uh, these older classic albums uh, that didn't actually come out in, in 2023. Um, another album that I listened to that in 2023 actually came out in, I, I believe, 2021. Um, it more so slipped through the cracks. I didn't really discover it until now. And bear with me. The album or EP is called Cracko Angels, and the artist's name is Rana Plastic Bubbles. Rana Plastic Bubbles, something like that. And uh, to give a little bit of context, Rana Plastic Bubbles is an alias for uh, my favorite artist, Weatherday, who is a Swedish um, kind of folk, kind of emo uh, rock producer in from Sweden, obviously. And the reason this album isn't on his main page is probably just because it was unfinished or maybe he didn't feel like sharing it with the greater world but i think it's really interesting it it has uh, it's a concept ep and it's a little hard to explain but I'll, I'll try um essentially it follows it's an ep about a, a bunch of people who live in who are born and raised in krakow uh, poland and if if you have any thoughts that come to your head when you think of Krakow, Poland, your first thoughts are probably, wow, that place is cold. There's probably not a lot of sunlight there. And that's very much the premise of, of this album. It follows a group of people in Krakow, Poland, who are searching for meaning in their life, who have never really strayed uh, from their the place they call home in Krakow. And so the place they live in is simultaneously all they've ever known, but also a little bit of a prison. And so these people are known as Krakow babies. And, and let's play a clip. Kind of depressing, am I right? And at, so as part of the concept of that album, these the people who live in these Krakow babies are, are given what, quote unquote, a deal. They're given an option. And that option is to become a Krakow angel, quote unquote. And, 
And the, the trade-off is that you get to become a quote-unquote Krakow angel. Um, you get immortality, um, and you can serve the city for the rest of your, your days. But the, the trade-off is that even though you have immortality, you're stuck to the city uh, for the rest of eternity. And that doesn't really sound like a good deal, but what it does is it, it would give these people stuck in Krakow uh, purpose, per se. And so some of the citizens do take the deal and, and become these Krakow angels, which I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit, but um, they become these angels. But then there's the people who are left behind who reject the deal, who um, decide to stick around and, and preserve their humanity. And it leads to a compelling part of the EP, uh, which which I'll play in a second, where um, this one person he picks, he he just he rejects the deal. He turns the deal down because he thinks uh, he wants to be with his friend, but finds out after the fact that his friend uh, took the deal and, and that they're separated. <laughs> I'm left behind. He left me behind I know what he did I was offered the deal Of course I turned the deal down That was one one of my favorite musical moments of 2023, so felt like I had to share it. So, Krakow Angels by Rana Plastic Bubbles. Uh, my favorite album of 2023 that didn't actually come out in 2023. But now let's actually get into the albums of the year this time. Believe it or not, this is the ninth year that I've kept an album of the year list I, I think it's only roughly the sixth or seventh or eighth that i've ac actually published that list but it's the ninth year that i've kept an albums of the year list so i'm going to run through past albums of the years and, and uh from my list and you'll see perhaps if you know some of these that my taste has changed a little bit maybe so maybe no um 2014, I, I didn't have a list, but I assumed the album of the year was Run the Jewels 2 by the duo Run the Jewels. 2015, my album of the year uh, was Joey Badass's uh, Before the Money. Uh, if I could redo it, I'd probably go with something like Rodeo from Travis Scott. 2016, my album of the year was No Name with Telephone. 2017, it was Big Crit, K-R-I-T. With Forever is a Mighty Long Time. I, I stand by that pick. 2018, it was The Best, a indie rock band from New Zealand with Future Me Hates Me. Uh, 2019, it was the hyperpop duo 100 Gex with the album 1000 Gex. 2020, it was The Strokes with The New Abnormal. 2021 is a, a bit of a controversial year because... The album of the year that I, I wanted to pick actually came out in 2020, and that is Playboy Cardi's Whole Lot of Red, uh, which came out on Christmas Day 2020, but a lot of people put it as their album of the year in 2021. Um, if I am actually going to pick an album from 2021 to represent that year, it would be Sloppy Jane with Madison. And then uh, 2022, I, I, pick a, I picked a British album. Uh, What's their name? Uh, I picked a, a British pop album, experimental pop album, uh, the duo Jockstrap with I Love You, Jennifer B., which I, I highly recommend you checking out. As for 2023, uh, my I have two honorable mentions. Uh, the first is the aforementioned No Name with Sundial. While I, I do have criticisms of that album, I, I do think it is very beautiful at points. 
I recommend songs like Gospel to, to prove that point. And the other one I have is, and I don't have a clip for this, but it's uh, Feeble Little Horse with the album Girl with Fish. Um, Feeble Little Horse, how I would describe them, is they are very, like, wish-washy, like, shoegazy, uh, but really rough rock group. Um, think of groups like Snail Mail or Soccer Mommy or uh, if you've heard of the group Bully. Uh, that's another comp I, I, would, I would go with. But it's it's like hard rock that's kind of lo-fi. Um, I, I did enjoy that that album, especially the song Steamroller and, and Freak. Um, however, I, I found myself listening to their previous work, uh, their previous album, 2021, uh, Heyday. So if you like them on, on Girl With Fish, I, I would highly recommend going back to that because I, I think that's... Uh, that's the album I, I prefer of theirs. So jumping into the actual list for 2024, I have four albums uh, from 2023. I said 2024 earlier. Um, four albums from 2023 that made the cut. Uh, the fourth album on my list in fourth place is Slow Ties, Ugly, U-G-L-Y. So the format that we're going to use for each of these albums is first I'm going to tell you a little bit about the album, then I'm going to play you an Oscar reel, uh, a, a clip that I thought was either one of the best parts of the album or really dramatic, artistic, uh, what have you. And I'm going to list my favorite songs before moving on to the next album. I have mixed feelings about this album, uh, UGLY uh, by Slow Tie. Um, first off, I, I think it's a fantastic album. It was my front runner for album of the year when it came out in roughly February or March. Um, I think it's like an eight out of 10, eight and a half out of 10, nine out of 10 record. Um, it's, it's a very compelling emotional journey for um from slow tie british rapper slow tie uh, a little bit more of a pop punk direction in, instead of a, a rap direction um it's really heavy at points songs like never again are a very heavy emotional uh story it but it's really about someone who's had a lot of demons who's um really excising those demons and it becomes rather uh, cathartic at the end uh, that leads us to our Oscar clip, uh, Falling, which was my second favorite song of the year. You ever feel like falling? You ever feel like you're drifting through space? So definitely the most cathartic album that I heard in 2023. Um, the reason it's number four, there are the more I listened to it, there was some flaws, some tracks I, I don't really care for, like "F It Puppet" um, is kind of weird in, in a weird direction that doesn't is zany against uh, its merit. So zany in a way that doesn't help the the record. Uh, but the real reason, as I've mentioned in, like, I feel like the last three episodes, um, Slow Tie was, uh, I, I think he's currently in jail. Uh, he's been accused of two counts of rape, uh, which I, I have this whole episode talking about the situation with uh, separating art from artists. And it's just harder to do that. It's harder to um, really buy into the emotional journey that you get on this record when you know of that context around it. It just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't feel the same. So I, I think it's a great album. I, I think if you can listen to it without context, you, you should, uh, if, if you're like heavy kind of emo, like pop punk, uh, music, 
But if it's not your cup of tea or or uh, the surroundings, uh, circ- the circumstances uh, bother you, you're not you're not missing out. So um, yeah, so my favorite tracks from this album are number one, Falling, of course, uh, number two, Tourniquet, number three, 25% Club, four, Sooner, and five, Never Again. My number three album of the year is Soft Scars by Yule. If you can make an album in a lab with all the genres that I liked, this album, Soft Scars, would be that concoction, that that combination, if you will. It has elements of emo, elements of shoegaze, elements of rock, elements of pop, really pretty moments, as well as really uh, lo-fi and and really uh, abrasive parts. And one of the best things that I, I really enjoy about this record is... Uh, the instrumentation that um, in, in certain points you can have a very like love of like sing song, singer songwriter song, and then there'll just be in the background some sort of like almost like train noise, like like and, and some really rough aesthetic that you you think wouldn't work, um, but the the clash of of textures um, really goes over well. If you've never heard of Yule, uh, Yule uh, there. Their whole thing is that um, they are somewhat cyborg-y, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. Um, they, uh, a lot of major themes, and, and this was a much bigger theme in their previous album, Glitch Princess, but um, it's really straddling the line between the the real world and the, and the digital world. And uh, on this album, Yule is this sort of like decaying robot that is uh, trying to hold on to humanity or think of it like a robot trying to be human in a way. I think that's really personified in our Oscar reel, which comes from the song Ghosts. And from what I've read about Yule, they are, I believe, classically trained. They've studied a lot of the great um, works. I, I think they were in the Pitchfork piece about this album. They said that they were devastated when Stephen Soundheim died and, and wouldn't leave their room for weeks. And uh, they make, at, at points, it's, it's very rough and abrasive, but they also make very beautiful parts. I One of the most beautiful parts of their uh, catalog is from one of their first albums, Serotonin 2. Um, this is the opening of the final track of that album, Veil of Darkness. There's a similar passage on Soft Scars called Fish in the Pool, which is a very uh, beautiful piano interlude. So I, I recommend checking that out if you don't check anything else out on the on the album. 
if I were to criticize something about the album, I, I guess I would say that I, I didn't really find too much under the surface upon really repeated lessons, listens. Um, I thought it was uh, a great first listen, but then as more listens went by, I, I didn't really, um, I kind of stuck to my same four or five favorite tracks. I could say that about any album, honestly, but um, I, I really gravitated towards those those main four or five tracks that kind of start with ghosts in, in the middle toward, through like cyber meat um, would, would be the, the line of, of tracks that I, I mostly listen to. I'd also say that part of what made me think slightly less of Soft Scars is that I really got into Yule's previous work, um, specifically the album Serotonin 2, which is a great ambient album. So if, if you're ever doing chores around the house or just need something, some background noise, um, I, I highly recommend that album. It, it It's Serotonin 2 uh, by Yule. It's very chill, very calming. Uh, I especially like songs like Blue Butterfly and An Angel held me like a child from from that one but every year uh my albums my most favorite albums of the years usually come from new artists breaking through and artists that i haven't heard before and yule was that 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 person this year and so a uh, great effort by yule um congratulations my favorite tracks from this album are number one daisies number two cyber eat number three ghosts four fish in the pool interlude and five apex twin flame and that brings us to number two and if you knew me and you knew anything about music in 2023 uh, you knew this album was going to be here at some point this is 100 gex with their sophomore album 10,000 gex my parents spot so i can't really shout out like if you think i'm super down but i'm the dumbest girl alive yeah i can't i can't really do that with full veracity or full full throttle as as i would want to but that was one of the most hype moments of, of 2023 just uh laura les coming in and, and talking how she's the dumbest girl alive which is ironic because one 10,000 gex has some of the best writing some of the best songwriting uh, that I heard all year, even though it is, you could call it meme music in a way. It has a lot of very clever lyrics, very funny, provocative lyrics, uh, as well as uh, I think it's one of the best crafted albums by by producer Del- Ellen Brady that you'll hear this year. And the best way I would describe this album is really a love letter to the trashy genres of the early 2000s. Uh, there's a ton of nostalgia that you'll hear on this record. Uh, that's why at the very beginning of that clip, you heard the and it gives you a little bit of a laugh because you realize it's the, the THX clip that they would play in theaters right before a movie, just highlighting how uh, big the subwoofers and, and the sound system was for the movie you're watching. And almost every song on, on the back half of, of this album feels like a callback to something during that area, whether it's like a Billy Knows Jamie song that a, a, feels like a Limp Biscuit throwback or other tracks that sound like a Bis- Beastie Boys song. You'll even hear subtle, um, subtle sample references. On the track, uh, the most wanted person in the United States, there's... Uh, there's a neighing sample, which um, if you've listened to the Al- Avalanche, is the second track on their album, Since You've Been Gone, has that same neighing sample. So subtle nods to the, the great producers that, that came before Dylan Brady uh, on this album. On the track uh, One Million Dollars, and, and sorry, I don't have a clip here, but on the track One Million Dollars, there's a very like robotic vocoder 
And that's very sub that's very similar to the fitter, happier skit on OK Computers, uh, OK Computer on Radiohead's OK Computer, the the fitter, happier, more robotic kind of thing. And I could blow smoke up your thing uh, all, all I want. Um, I, I could continue to try to like tell you that this is some really sophisticated masterpiece. And I do think it, it is that to, to a certain extent, but really it, it is kind of an album that you, you go dumb to that is mostly about having fun and not taking yourself too serious and, and going hard. And that leads us to our Oscar reel, which is uh, the back half of 757, the second track of the album. I don't know if you caught the Star Wars blaster sample, the pew, pew. If, if not, go back and, and, and listen to it until you recognize the sample. <laughs> but that's that's Hunter Gex for you. It's zany, it's psycho, it's, it's hyper pop, and it, it's just there. It's very internet. These kids are way too online for to be healthy, and that's part of the appeal. Now, if I were to give uh, some criticism to this album... I think the first five tracks are great. Uh, the first five tracks are, uh, it was the best five track stretch that I heard this year. Um, but I think past that, it, it doesn't really, it's not as good. Past that, the, the songs get a little more gimmicky, more of more album deep cut in a way. And they're just not as catchy as, as the first five tracks, which you can play at the gym and, and get super hyped to in the middle of your workout. So I would have liked maybe some more earworms instead of what what we got with Billy Knows Jamie and, and other tracks on the back end. But my favorite, but it can't be that bad because it, it was one of my favorite albums of the, of the year. Uh, my favorite tracks from this album are number one, Hollywood Baby, two, Doritos and Fritos, three, Dumbest Girl Alive, four, uh, 757, and five, I, I really like the closer, Me, Me, Me. I, I think the outro part of it goes really hard. But it's not necessarily about going hard. It's If anything, this album is about eating burritos with Danny DeVito. But that brings us to my number one album of 2023. I'm pretty sure you haven't heard of it, but the album is by an artist known as Two Hollis, and the album is titled Two. So Two by Two Hollis. As you can hear, this is a busy electronic album where uh, Two Hollis just kind of runs around and, and screams like, all twos, all twos, like just over and over again. Uh, to give a little bit of context, I, I got into Two Hollis with one of their songs. They, it just showed up on my Spotify algorithm while I was at the gym. It's uh, called Give It Up. and It's one of my go-tos at the gym. Let's play a clip. And as you can hear, it's a lot of really muffled vocals, like muffled, not quite screams, but uh, just very muffled vocals surrounded by really busy uh, instrumentation and that's really what you can expect from this new album 
uh, too. Now, look, I, I'm not an EDM guy. I don't know much about EDM or, or house music. I have one or two artists I like. Um, so if this is just really generic BS, you're probably right. You're, you're probably right, uh, honestly. Um, but the qualities of, of this album that I really liked were A, each song really flowed into the next. Uh, B, it was just like really busy stuff that I could just play in the background while doing work and, and feel productive. And, and uh, while you don't want to give background music album of the year, um, it's just the album I, I listen to the most, to be quite honest. And I wouldn't quite call it uh, background music because there are a lot of really intense, uh, like emotional and, and instrumental passages, like this one clip from the opener, All Twos. So there are very definitely um, passages that, that stand out to me. And one of my, perhaps my favorite part of the album, or, or one of my favorite parts, is going to be our Oscar reel, which comes from one of the back half songs, uh, To You. So I, I don't have a strong uh, scientific hypothesis, scientific case as to why uh, 2 by 2 Hollis is the album of the year. It just was for me. I, elements that I really like about it is that you can, it was, it was the only album that I was like, let's play this front to back. I'm not going to skip to my four or five favorite tracks. I'm going to play this front to back and it's going to be an experience. And, and it was a one album that I really felt that way with that, that came out this year. And thus it, it must be better than every other album, right? Um, yeah. So my, my favorite tracks of two by, by two halls are number one, all twos. Number two, it will never be the same. Number three, trust for two you and five, God. That that's the name of the track. Not shout out, shout out God. But um yeah, all twos, baby. All twos, album of the year. And look, if if you have an album of the year, I'd love to hear it. So feel free to shoot me a, a message DM on Instagram at alexyoung.alex.young.90, I believe. Uh let me know what your favorite albums were this year. And that does it for for 2023. Uh, real quick, I'll I'll list my the albums I'm looking forward to in 2024. Um, in, in no particular order. Uh, coming soon, Playboy Cardi's music uh, is very rumored to drop. He's had a number of posts saying that it is dropping in 2024. A lot of sources say January 2024. As a, a big fan of his previous album, Whole Lot Red. I, I am excited for new Playboy Cardi music, but I'm also not waiting with bated breath because there have been a number of projects that times where it seemed like he was going to drop and then he uh, bamboozled us and, and didn't drop and just disappeared for another 10 months. So I'm, I'm not waiting with bated breath, but there are some tracks floating around online. And so I'm excited for that. Um, uh, three other albums I'm looking forward to. Uh, Second, or whatever, uh, next one is going to be a new Igloo Ghost project. Uh, Igloo Ghost is a British EDM EDM artist, but really zany, really. Um, it's this whole, it's this whole saga. Let me, just DM me, I'll, I'll give you the background. But um, yeah, very, very hyper glitchy uh, music. And I haven't heard from them in a while, and so I'm excited for a new project soon. Uh, number three, I have Asian Glow with a to-be-announced project. They're just kind of due to drop, and Asian Glow is my musical MVP for 2022. 
and I'm I'm excited to see what they have next. Uh, but the album that I'm most anticipating next next year is from my aforementioned favorite artist, Weather Day, uh, the follow up to 2019's Come In, uh, which is has become my favorite album of all time. Their upcoming album is Hornet Disaster, and while I don't, I try to keep expectations low. Um, it's possible it could drop in Q1 2024. Uh, so when that comes out, I, I recommend you check it out uh, because I, I think it's probably going to be number one on, on my list for next year. So um, anyways, that is the podcast. Thank you all for everyone who listened. I, I really appreciate it. If you have a friend who's a big music person and thinks they might dig some of these lists, um send it to them and, and, and spread the link. Always happy to grow followers. Make sure to like us on Spotify, follow us on Spotify. Um, give us a five-star rating wherever uh, you get your podcasts. And and also like the goal, the one of the goals for this podcast is if you heard a, a clip you liked, just check it out. Maybe check out the album. If, if you heard like a Radiohead clip or um, that Mob Deep album, The Infamous I recommend you check it out because they they are classics for a reason. But thank you so much for your listenership. I hope you have a happy and safe holidays. One more pod to come. It is the Games of the Year pod featuring Dylan Jones and Schaefer Edwards. I recommend you check that out as well as our Songs of the Year pod. But most importantly, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any favorite albums. Happy to hear and talk about this stuff. But stay safe. Have a happy holidays. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.